What is going on, everybody? It is Norm coming to you with another episode of Scruffy City Sports. This is episode 47. If it's not, that's what I'm going to say it is. I'm going to run with that until the cows come home that this is episode 47. And it is. It is. I just quickly checked episode 47. How? What do we feel about the squid game? Any of you all out there watching it? I can. I watched all that in like one and a half days, it seemed like. And I cannot get enough of it. Love it so much. I'm just checking out Squid Game remixes now. Just take a listen. If you have not watched uh, an episode of the Squid Game, I will kind of summarize it for you extremely quickly as best I can. Uh, if Quentin Tarantino wrote a TV show based on the Hunger Games. That's essentially what you would have. Lots of gore, lots of unnecessary gore, blood, all that fun stuff. But it's it's a great watch. If, if you don't mind blood and guts uh, for little to no reason and enjoyed the Hunger Games but want a heavy R, heavy, heavy rated R, I'll give it a shot. Might not be your thing, but... It's, it, it's number one on Netflix for a reason. I'll just say that much. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about all things Braves and UT football currently. Uh, all, are you Braves and UT athletics? We'll say that. That's a better way of saying that. Oh, one more time. Sorry. All right. I'm going to fade it out. I'm going to fade it out. I'm going to give it... Give it the end of time here. It is done. It is done. It is done. All right, my friends. Quickly, let's do some housekeeping. Remember to always, you can check out Scruffy City Sports at scruffycitysports.com. You can also follow me on Scruffy Sports on Twitter. I have an Instagram that I do absolutely nothing with, but you're more than welcome to give me a follow there if you would like. Now let's talk about some fun stuff. Let's talk about the UT Vols first and foremost. And oh my goodness, oh my goodness, two weeks in a row, two weeks in a row, have we had some superb superb football being played. I I don't, I I can't, I'll give you the stats, but I couldn't off the top of my head remember the last time we've seen two dominant performances like that uh, from a UT football team. And you got to go back to 2016 uh, to remember some high octane octane offense with Josh Dobbs back in the day to remember some stuff like that. Let me throw some quick stats out at you. I know that's what you came here for. Saturday's attendance at Neyland Stadium for the game. And Tennessee won, by the way, if, if you didn't know, if, if you're, you've been laying under a rock for the past 24 hours. And then, by the way, it is happy Sunday evening to you all here. A little later for me to record a podcast, but that's what we're doing. Sunday evening, October the 10th. 10 10. Hope hope you're a 10 out of 10, my friends. Tennessee won 45 to 20. Set the attendance at good old Neyland Stadium was 89,437. That took Tennessee's all-time winning record to 853 wins to 404 losses and 53 ties. Tennessee now holds the record over the South Carolina Gamecocks. 28 wins to 10 losses and two ties. Tennessee is on a three-game winning streak against the South Carolina Gamecocks. And the uh, coach at the helm there, Shane Beamer, you might remember his dad, Frank. He's, he's, I don't know what he's doing over there, but it's, it's not, not a good look for all Shane Beamer. Uh, another stat that UT uh, would like me to show or uh, throw out there is that this is Tennessee's 650th win in the state of Tennessee. That's a lot of wins in Tennessee, in Tennessee. Let's get on with it. 
moving onward and upward. Uh, Josh Hopple's quote unquote high octane offense. That's what Tennessee likes to call it has put together 249 points through the first six games of the 2001 campaign, surpassing last year. So in 10 games last year, we only scored 215, and it took us six to surpass that number this year under Josh Heupel. I'm pretty sure it's safe to say if we give this guy some time and and just just a handful more players, how fun this is going to be, how fun of a football program this is going to be. It's it's hard not to be really excited. It's hard not to get high expectations. It's hard not to say, bring on Nick Saban, hard to say, bring on Lane Kiffin. And it, 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 it realistically, I think next week's game, I've not seen the line yet. I'm sure it's going to be Ole Miss by maybe three, three and a half, something like that, which is essentially a pick em game. If you're into the betting stuff, I'm not. So if I'm using those terms incorrectly, come at me if you want to. But I'm saying that Lane Kiffin is probably going to be a three and a half point underdog. Get your popcorn ready. I-Y-K-Y-K, if you know on that. Ole Miss's defense, I'm derailed. I'm derailed, everyone. I'm sorry. I was reading some stats here. Let's, let's, let's hold off to the look ahead before we finish everything. Anyway, uh, first quarter, this game was out of hand already. 28 to nothing. Uh, Tennessee just blew the doors off Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks. There was nothing exciting other than that. I mean, we blew them out. No holds bar. Let's let's I'll get you some stats here really quickly. Uh, again, this game was over in the first half. It was 38 to seven uh, at halftime. And then we just kind of slowed the game down. Uh, my personal belief is that Josh Hopple didn't want to give any more film to Lane Kiffin for next Saturday's game at seven o'clock. It's going to be the Peyton versus Eli showdown. 7 p.m. 7.30, I'm sorry. Be, be loud and be proud uh, next week for Vol fans. It's going to be a big game. But anyway, let's let me give you the running stats here. I know that's what everyone came to hear for. Uh, rushing yards, Tennessee had 247 yards on the ground and 225 yards passing. Pretty evenly matched there. Uh, Hinden Hooker was 17 of 23, averaged 9.8 yards per, or I'm sorry, yes, per attempt. Um, total offensive yards for the your University of Tennessee was 472 we had 72 offensive plays, unbelievable. Average on our offensive plays was 6.6 yards per carry. Unbelievable. I mean, it's just really unbelievable stats there. I I don't know what to say. I, I am glad this, this offense, if we go back on the podcast and I was like, man, it's hard, you know, after Bowling Green, I'm like, I'm so upset after a 32-point win. And to see the progression that these kids have made, they have bought into Josh Heupel, and I couldn't be happier. I mean, I really can't. I understand that that Joe Milton the third came in wanting to be our number one quarterback, and it didn't work out. And if we were under last year's, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm losing for Jeremy Gump Pruitt, uh, under his tutelage, we'll say that under Gump's tutelage, we would have rode out Milton for his duration that he stayed at UT. But I, it's a it's a big thing for Josh Hopple to say, you know what, we were wrong on him. Let's go with Hooker. And Hooker man is impressed. I understand that he came from the ACC and he's come over here. But my gosh, he, these kids have bought in. He's bought in. He's looks great. And Josh Hopple, I, I grew up with the old the old ball coach Steve Spurrier. Loved the guy. I was a. I understand he was at Florida and South Carolina, but I was a big fan of Steve Spurrier. He's from Tennessee, up the road in Johnson City. Tennessee said, nah, we don't need all him. And he hates us for that. And I love it. But he was an offensive genius, offensive play calling genius. 
And I don't know if I've ever seen anyone call plays like him until Josh Heupel. Now, listen, I understand I'm wearing orange today. I understand I've got my orange Kool-Aid over here. I understand I'm wearing the orange tinted glasses. But take a few steps back. When's the last time you've seen play calling like that at Tennessee? I mean, it would have to be Lane Kiffin back in 09 it's, uh, or 08. It's the only time I can think of that, that we've had play calling like this. The, the, the man is doing a lot with a little. Now, remember, Tennessee's only got 71 scholarship players, so we're a little shorthanded. But gosh, man, I, I can't wait to see if you're a recruit in the state of Tennessee or surrounding, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, wherever, and you're a high-impact high school player or even a, a, a JUCO transfer looking to get out, there's no more needs uh, than to look at Tennessee. So I don't, I don't know what is going on. But if you're, if you're a JUCO player or you're from, you know, a, a high school kid and you're wanting to make an impact immediately, I mean, on the field immediately, why are you not thinking about Tennessee right now after, after um, you know, this performance we've had for two weeks against SEC schools? I mean, we, arguably, we looked better against Missouri than we did Tennessee Tech. Now, Missouri's awful. I get it. But still, it, there is so much life in this program. It's hard for me to temper my expectations. I can't remember the last time I've been so excited about Tennessee football. It's hard. I mean, it really is to, to take a step back and say, okay, okay, this is the real deal. But I mean, this is two weeks in a row. We've lived up to the hop. We've lived up to the expectations. I am looking forward to Lane Kiffin hate week. Go outside, set your mattress on fire. If you remember, you remember on that stuff. I'm ready for that. Old Miss, let's go ahead. We're going to skip the stats. I'm, I'm too hopper. I'm too excited to just, just talk about it. Let's jump forward. Let's talk about Lane Kiffin. They don't have a defense. They rush three and, and throw back eight. We're going to be able to run the ball all over them, and it's going to be a shootout. And if our defense can get a couple stops and Lane can be a, a, a bozo like he's been the last couple of weeks, dude's going for it on fourth down all the time because he knows his defense cannot get a stop. He's going for it on fourth, you know, on their own 30, on 35, on 20, whatever. So if our defense can play like they had the last two weeks and get a big stop here or there, we're going to roll. There is no doubt. When this offense is clicking on all cylinders, you've seen it for the past two weeks, we're able to score 28 points in four minutes, it seems like. And it's just, again, I've, I'm, I've drinking the Kool-Aid right now, everyone. We could get blown out by Ole Miss, but let me tell you, what I said a few weeks, a few maybe months ago on the on the my podcast about the Atlanta Braves, I'm just here to enjoy the ride. It it is last year, the last few years under Gump, Jeremy Pruitt, I call him Gump. It was hard to buy in. I mean, it, it took ten games for them to score two hundred and what it was sixteen points, and we've already done that in six games. This is a fun team to watch. I understand the first couple of weeks we were all Debbie Downer, and I was Debbie. I was leading the Debbie Downer Little Debbie parade. But gosh, man, it is fun to watch right now, and I am excited. I'm not saying, you know, last week I said we could beat Nick, Nick Saban, and we could. I mean, Nick lost last night to old Jimbo Fisher, lost his 100-game winning streak against unranked teams. It's possible. Do I think it's going to happen right now on a Sunday afternoon? No. But, man, what, what if it did? I mean, man, it would be something. I wish we could get back to the 102,000 strong. I really feel like Saturday's game is going to be a, a quote-unquote sellout. I think that the people are going to come out in droves. It's going to be hard for the national media not to talk about Tennessee for two weeks in a row, the, the output of offense that they've put on. And, and the players, 
you know, say what you want to about those kids that left. If they left for those McDonald's bags or whatever, but those kids right now want to play for Josh Heupel and we have to applaud them. We have to clap for them. We've got to get behind them. And I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. You know, again, I'm tempering my expectations. I'm, I'm so, I'm just so brave or brave Tennessee Homer right now. It's hard for me to, to, you know, untap, unpack those, but Josh Heupel says it in his, you know, press conference. And if, if you haven't read it or listened to it, I would suggest going to YouTube and watching it. He says, this is a hard game that's played week in and week out and you need to enjoy the wins because you might not get them. And, and I am buying into that. Enjoy these two weeks that we've had. And Hey, if we're competitive next week and we lose, so be it. If we get blown out, so be it. It is a fun ride that we're on. I'm excited about it. I'm excited for the future with Josh Heupel. If we just give him a chance, I don't want to hear any negative stuff. The only, I will say one thing negative after I just said, I don't want to hear the negative stuff. Come at me if you want to. My only issue is, is at halftime again, it seemed like we could have put up a seven points there and we just, we got a little time management issues. I don't know if that's a Josh Hopple wants to run fast and doesn't want the defense to adjust or what it is there. But I mean, you, you, you're not taking your money to the grave after you pass away. It's just like timeouts. You don't get to hoard them for the second half. So I say burn them if you got them, my friend. Let's talk about your Atlanta Braves. Uh, They have played two games in the National League Division Series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Game one took place Friday afternoon at 440. That was a game which Charlie Morton went six innings, giving up. He pitched six innings, Norm. (laughs) We just established that. He gave up three hits. Two earned runs on one home run, essentially. Uh, One base on ball and nine strikeouts. Charlie Morton was dealing, as the kids would say. Although, been up into debate. If you're on Braves Twitter, I would suggest staying away from it. It is a dark void that you do not want to be a part of, but it is fun stuff. A lot of people were upset that Charlie Morton was left in too long. Those same people were upset that Max Free was taken out of game six or (laughs) game two yesterday afternoon. You can't have it both ways, ladies and gentlemen, but we'll get to game two in just a second. Charlie Morton, like I said, was uh, dealing. I thought he pitched a gem of a game. He gave up one bad pitch, essentially, on a two-run home run to Rowdy Telez with the Brewers. The offense just did not show up in this game. I'm not going to blame Charlie Morton for anything. That is the reason the Braves got him, acquired him to pitch in October big game events like that. I did see a weird stat that with his time with the Rays, that Charlie Morton only faced 22 batters and Rowdy Telez was his 23rd uh, with the Braves. So I think going forward with Morton, if and when we win the NLDS, probably going to have to halt him at the go through the order twice and not through the three times. Analytics is just not good for that stuff. And, and I don't want to see it. And we've still got a lot of baseball to play play tomorrow at like one fifteen. I don't know why baseball wants to do that, but when you're going against the Dodgers, the Giants and the Red Sox, it's slim pickings on the time slots for the Atlanta Braves, who they like to call a small market team, which is just silly to me. Anyway, Braves go down on Friday, two to one. We've established that on Saturday, different story altogether. My one and only, oh my goodness, Norm, my one and only Maximus, 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 Maximus. Stop me if you have heard me say this before max freed went out there and shoved he drug it across the infield like he always does maximus freed i love the man if i could somehow interview max freed on this podcast it would be a glorify it would be essentially me interviewing tony vitello that's what how it would be max went six innings gave up three hits no walks big stat no walks on non-strikeouts i'm just 
I can't say enough about Max Freed. I feel like the last several podcasts we've talked about, he's come in and been dominant every start. He is just fantastic. If you could win the Cy Young Award on the second half after the All-Star break, Max is winning hounds down. I mean, he is arguably one of the best left-handed pitchers in all of baseball right now, and he's dominant force. He is coming into his own. He is finally it's now buying his underwear in the man section, and I could not be happier. Max Freed, keep doing what you're doing. We're going to need you probably in the NLCS when we face the Giants and the Dodgers. Yes, I'm proclaiming that we're going to beat the Brewers. Just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, offense in this game, still still a little nervous. Uh, people, Norm is very concerned about. Adam Duvall, not shown up yet. Uh, Travis Darno not shown up yet. He had four strikeouts on Saturday. Four did not look good. He's in an over state uh, right now. Adam Duvall still not look good. He's hitting the ball, so he's not striking out, which is fine. Uh, Max and, and everybody else... I'm not concerned yet. We're coming back into Truist Park. I think the fans are going to be rowdy for a one o'clock start Monday, like I said, tomorrow. Or if you're listening to this today, I'm very excited about the Braves. I'm not tempering my expectations. I'm going full Braves homer. We are going to win the next two games at home, seal the deal, and put the Brewers out of their misery. The Brewers have already, that their two pitchers, Woodruff and uh, Hater, not Hater, sorry, Woodruff and, oh gosh, Norm. I do a podcast and you would think I'd remember their first pitcher's name, but I didn't. I'm sorry. I don't, anyway, we're just going to go forward. I don't care about the Brewers. Their first two guys are done pitching and, and essentially they're probably going to be throwing a bullpen game. Peralta, I think, will start game three. Ion Anderson will be starting game three for us. I hope the bats show up. I hope we win. I hope our offense gets clicking. I think we will. I'm excited. I hope we have 40,000 rocking fans show up for the game Monday. Ever so quickly, remember the Atlanta Braves play Monday afternoon at like it's a 117 start. Go out there and watch the Atlanta Braves beat the Brewers. UT football next Saturday night, 7.30 on the SEC Network against Old Miss, Peyton versus Eli broadcast. Let's hope, cross our fingers. I've rambled all over the place, everyone. I've met the 22-minute mark, and I am, I'm calling it quits. James Brock came out this weekend. I hope you're able to go see it soon. It is Daniel Craig's last attempt at James Bond. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it made a lot of money. I hope movies are back and hot in the streets. Lots of fun stuff coming out in the next upcoming weeks. Movies are back. I'm so excited. I believe I'm going to, on this feed, do a movie review. I'll still call it Scruffy something. But anyway, everyone, I got a little excited and I started getting fast there, didn't I? Let's find a song to go out to. I know what it is. Everyone have a great week. This weather here in Knoxville is still going to be hot. Maybe winters or falls around the corner. For Norm, I am Norm, so not for me. For Scruffy City Sports, I'm Norm. See you guys in the future. When the sun goes down on my side of town, that lonesome feeling comes to my door.